For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Hebraic Bible Prophecy. This is part five of the series. Now let's look at how the controversy of Zion is going to be played out in the end of days. What will happen is a replay of the events that came to be celebrated with Hanukkah, which is outlined in the book of Daniel. Let's see how this is so. There's a prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 13 that says, When I have bent Judah for me and filled the bow with Ephraim. Guess what? You got the bow and the arrow together. Judah and Ephraim. That you got their unification. And it says regarding Judah and Ephraim, When I've raised up your sons, O Zion. The sons of Zion is Judah and Ephraim. I've raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and I made you as the sword of a mighty man. So the prophecy is the sons of Zion are going to oppose the sons of Greece. What we call this in our time, we call it more formally, the people that believe in the God of Israel and the covenant that was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are being opposed by the New World Order system. The enemies of Israel are biblically called beasts of the field. The ruling Gentile powers are referred to as being beasts. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 16 and verse 22, it is written, And you shall consume all the people which the Lord your God shall deliver you. Your eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shall you serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto you. And the Lord your God will put out those nations before you little by little. You may not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon you. So because the nations of the world and the ruling Gentile powers in the Torah are likened unto beasts of the field, that's why in the book of Daniel, when we have a vision about the end of days in Gentile rulers, they're personified as beasts, the lion, the bear, the leopard, etc. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 64. The Lord will scatter you among all people from one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there you shall serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, even wood and stone. Ezekiel 34, verse 5. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. What does it say in Revelation chapter 13? There was a beast that rose up out of the sea. Beast, that means a Gentile ruling power. 
Now let's look at Daniel's vision of the ram and the goat. Remember, biblical history is prophecy. And so historically, there was a battle between the Grecian Empire against the Medo-Persian Empire. They fought against each other. And so Medo-Persia is represented by Iran and Iraq. And the Western world is personified by Greco-Roman culture. And so who is fighting now? We have Greco-Roman culture, the West, fighting against Iran and Iraq, Medo-Persia, just as what happened historically. Daniel chapter 8, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. And he said, Behold, I will make you know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. The ram is media Persia. Then I lifted up my eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram, which had two horns, and two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so that no beasts or other Gentile rulers might stand before him, neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. The ram which you saw having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. What I'm doing right now for you is I'm presenting to you what historically happened so that you will understand what prophetically is to happen to come. Because what historically happened is what will happen in the end of days. And so the events in the book of Daniel come down to a Greek ruler named Antiochus Epiphanes who committed what is referred to as an abomination of desolation, which resulted in a rebellion. This is going to be replayed in the end of days. Here we see a map of the reign of the Persian Empire in the areas that they had control of at the height of their power. Following the media Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire came into ruling and reigning. And the goat in Daniel chapter 8 is Greece. And I was considering, behold, a he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia, and a great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. And so ultimately this is the rise of the Grecian Empire, and the Grecian Empire ruled and reigned and dominated through Alexander the Great. The notable horn of the Grecian Empire in Daniel 8.5 refers to Alexander the Great. Alexander lived from 365 B.C. to 323 B.C. As a young boy, Alexander studied the writers of the Greek philosopher Aristotle. At age 20, Alexander became the king of the Greek state Macedonia. Later, he went to war and conquered the Persian Empire. Alexander, I want you to catch this, Alexander believed that the Greek culture could unify the world. So what is being attempted in the New World Order system and the leaders of the New World Order system, which is governed with Western values and Western mindset, they're attempting to take these Western values, namely democracy, and want to bring these Western values of democracy and commerce and culture and secular humanism to the whole world. And, and this is designed and intended to unify the world. That's what the goal is. 
However, we know from biblical prophecy that this Tower of Babel is ultimately going to fall. He founded a new city in each country of his empire that would serve as a model for the furtherance of Greek culture. Public buildings, gymnasiums, open-air theaters, the spread of Greek names, Greek dress, and a common language, that is English, all were byproducts of the rule of the Greek empire. I mean, we're talking English today. Back then it was the, the Greek language. The spread of the Greek culture was known as Hellenism. Greece defeated the media Persian Empire, and he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground, and he stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand." This here is a map of the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great died at a young age. Daniel chapter 8 verse 8. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken. This is a reference to Alexander the Great died at the age of 32, and as a result, his kingdom was divided among four of his generals. Daniel chapter 8 verse 8, Daniel chapter 8 verse 22. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. From one of these four kingdoms came one known as Antiochus Epiphanes, and he personifies what we call in the end of days the Antichrist and his actions. Daniel chapter 8 verse 9, And out of one of them came forth a little horn which waxed exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. Here what you see here is a coin where Antiochus IV is portrayed as being Zeus. Why is Antiochus being portrayed as Zeus? Well, you need to understand what Zeus represents in Greek culture. That was the preeminent god of the Greek culture who had the role and the authority over all. Israel became the center of conflict between the Greek Seleucid and the Greek Ptolemy kingdoms. And out of one of them came forth a little horn which waxed exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. The Syrian area north of the Galilee was ruled by the Greek general Seleucid I. The area south of Israel and Egypt was ruled by the Greek general Ptolemy. And these were two of the powers of the four from the split up of the Grecian Empire. Israel lay in the middle between the struggle and fight between the Greek rulers of Syria and Egypt. An eventual Seleucid ruler known as Antiochus Epiphanes IV set out to destroy the Greek ruler in Egypt and Israel became the battleground. And so we have here a chart of the reign of the Seleucids, the Ptolemies, and the Maccabees where we could see the period of time where the things talked about in Daniel is being played out. Antiochus IV waged war against the Jews, Daniel chapter 8, verses 22 through 24. 
Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to a full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, dark sentences shall stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper in practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And so some of the background of what happened at this time and the decrees of Antiochus are spelled out in the book of Maccabees, which is an extra biblical book, but it is valid for historical reasons. And so we're going to look at the historical things that are specified in the book of First Maccabees. We are not saying that First Maccabees should be regarded as scripture because obviously it's not in our Bible. So let's look at First Maccabees in chapter 1, verse 10, verses 20 and 21. And there came out of them a wicked root Antiochus named Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been in hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the 137th year of the kingdom of the Greeks. And after that Antiochus had smitten Egypt, he returned again in the 143rd year, and he went up against Israel and Jerusalem with a great multitude. Exactly what Daniel said. And he entered proudly into the sanctuary and took away the golden altar and the candlestick of light and all the vessels thereof. And the table of showbread and the pouring vessels and the vials of the censers of gold and the veil and the crown of the golden ornaments that were before the temple, all which he pulled off. He took also the silver and the gold, the precious vessels. He also took the hidden treasures which he found. And when he had taken all away, he went into his own land, having made a great massacre and spoken very proudly. Therefore, there was a great mourning in Israel in every place where they were. Daniel chapter 8 verse 25 tells us about Antiochus waging war against the Jews. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace he shall destroy many. Antiochus personifies the false messiah in the end of days, and through peace, deception coming upon the whole earth. He will stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. It is recorded in 1 Maccabees, how Antiochus deceived through peace, as was mentioned in the book of Daniel. First Maccabees chapter 1, verses 29 through 31, it is written, And after two years fully expired, the king sent his chief collector of tribute over the cities of Judah, who came unto Jerusalem with a great multitude. And he spake peaceable words unto them, but all was deceit. For when they had given him credence, he fell suddenly upon the city and smote it very sore and destroyed much people of Israel. And when he had taken the spoils of the city, he set it on fire and pulled down the houses and walls thereof on every side. In Daniel chapter 8 verses 11 and 12, we're told that Antiochus IV stopped the daily sacrifice in the temple. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. Antiochus IV stopped the daily sacrifice and set up the abomination of desolation, as is mentioned in 1 Maccabees chapter 1, verse 54, 56, and 59. Now the 50th day of the month of Kislev, in the 145th year, they set up the abomination of desolation upon the altar and built an idol 
altars throughout the cities of Judah on every side. And when they had rent in pieces the books of the law, which they found, they burnt them with fire. Now the 25th day of the month, they did sacrifice upon the idol altar, which was upon the altar of God. The 25th day of Kislev has become to be the, the day of the Hanukkah celebration. Because that's when things were dedicated back in the temple to the God of Israel after a war with Antiochus. Antiochus set up the abomination of desolation as we're told in Daniel 11 verse 31. And arms shall stand on his par and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that makes desolate. Here we have Antiochus IV erecting an altar of the god Zeus, the preeminent Greek god, in the temple in Jerusalem, and he sacrificed a pig upon it. Why a pig? Because this represents the essence of uncleanness as far as the Torah is concerned. Now, Yeshua, when he was asked about, tell us about the things of the end of days in Matthew chapter 24, which is commonly called the Olivet Discourse, he made reference to this historical event in the book of Daniel, which was done by Antiochus Epiphanes. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains. Now, Yeshua is talking about something in the future. He's talking about abomination of desolation, which is mentioned historically in the book of Daniel. And what happened there is a prophecy about the end of days and the events of the abomination of desolation in the book of Daniel is understood today in the celebration of what we call Hanukkah. So therefore, there is a Hanukkah rebellion coming in the future. That's likened to what Antiochus Epiphanes IV did. Now, historically, what we're going to see from Maccabees is that those who rebelled against Antiochus Epiphanes, they fled into Judea. But first, let's look at the abomination of desolation. The rabbis as a whole consider that the expression, the abomination of desolation, refers to the desecration of the temple by the erection of a Zeus statue and its sacred precincts by Antiochus Epiphanes. Some rabbis, however, see it as an allusion to Manasseh, who, in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 7, set up a carved image. The expression found in Matthew 24, verse 15, and Mark 13, 14, the abomination of desolation, the context leaves no room for doubt as to what was intended by this expression, namely the transformation by Antiochus Epiphanes of the sacred temple at Jerusalem into a heathen one. In 1 Maccabees chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, we see that those who led the rebellion against Antiochus Epiphanes which is Matthias and his five sons who became known as the Maccabees, that when this abomination of desolation took place, they fled into Judea, into the mountains. So what Yeshua said to do has already been done. In those days arose Mattathias, and he had five sons, and it lists the name of his sons here. First Maccabees chapter 2, verse 6. And when he saw the blasphemies that was committed in Judea and Jerusalem, Matthias cried throughout the city with a loud voice saying, Whoever is zealous of the law and maintains the covenant, let him follow me. And so the PLO state 
and the efforts by the New World Order to govern and rule over the land of Israel and the acceptance of the nation of Israel by it will be regarded as an abomination that those who believe in the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will have a choice to make whether they're going to stand for that covenant, just like what happened here. So he and his sons fled into the mountains and left all that they had in the city. So Antiochus Epiphanes made a statue of Zeus. Who or what does Zeus represent in Greek mythology? Zeus is the god who ensued himself control of all the gods of mythology. He was originally nothing more than a god who was just a bit more formidable than the others. His glorification as the god of gods came only after centuries of history, myth, and various traditions. Later in the development in the hierarchy among the gods, at the top of all the Greek gods was Zeus. Zeus appears as the image of appeasement, order, wisdom, and justice. That is the mindset of the New World Order, is to bring about appeasement, order, wisdom, and justice. Indeed, the rules that Zeus formulated for the gods in the heavens were also established in earthly societies. Henceforth, the kings governed the cities and the peoples. Everyone was answerable to Zeus. Everyone is answerable to the New World Order. That's what their goal and intent is. And the eagle represented Zeus. What's one of the symbols of the United States? The eagle. In Greek mythology, Zeus was married to Europa. It's from the Greek goddess Europa do we have the naming of the area of the world which we call Europe. Europe was named after the Greek goddess Europa. And so in Greek mythology, this marriage was personified with Europa riding upon a bull. And this is the same image that is represented in the book of Revelation. Here we have the European Union being personified as Europa and Zeus. We have here a British stamp of 1984, which is associated with the European Parliament, the second election of the European Parliament, and you see how the stamp has the woman riding upon a bull. This is Europa, Europe, riding upon Zeus, the New World Order system. On the left-hand side, you have a painting of 1563 and a personification of the Tower of Babel. To the right, you have the present European Parliament building in Strasbourg, France. Do you notice that the European Parliament building is built exactly after the picture of the Tower of Babel of 1563? So the statement that's being made is clear. The leaders of Europe are seeking to rebuild the Tower of Babel and they're putting their stamp to it everywhere that you look. They know what they're doing and what they're seeking to achieve. Antiochus IV decreed a new world order under Greek culture. 1 Maccabees chapter 1 verse 10, 1 Maccabees chapter 1 verses 41 and 42. And there came out of them a wicked root, Antiochus surnamed Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the 137th year of the kingdom of the Greeks. 
Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. Well, that's going to conclude part five of the series on the subject Hebraic Bible Prophecy. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.